Garcia Trent, and welcome to The World Transformed. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and tonight we're talking about reopening the web. With me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. I didn't know it was closed. So <laughs> we are reopening the web in a better way, I guess, is the, is the thought here, right? The, the web isn't exactly closed, so that's a, right. you, make a good point. you make a good point there. But we're going to reopen it anyway. All right, so so let's let's get into this. I, I we we did a show on Monday called Save the Billionaires, and we were talking about this piece from Medium called Survival of the Richest. And I want to open with one more quote from there because I thought that actually gave us a a nice entree into into this topic. In fact, I ended the show saying, "What's the next step?" Well, here's an here's an interesting next step for us. Here, here's here's what our author says in Survival of the Richest. He says, of course, it wasn't always this way. There was a brief moment in the early 1990s when the digital future felt open-ended and up for our invention. Technology was becoming a playground for the counterculture who saw in it the opportunity to create a more inclusive, distributed, and pro-human future. But established business interests only saw new potentials for the same old extraction, and too many technologies were seduced by unicorn IPOs. And I read that and I go, okay, well, that's a pretty grim description, but it's not entirely inaccurate. And it's once again the thing we see so often. It's like, well, here's what the trend has been for the last 25 years. Therefore, that's what the trend must be forever because nothing can ever change, right? It's like, oh, well, it's too bad that the Internet can never be anything other than what it is now, right? Because back then it had all that potential. And I think, well, that's just wrong. Okay, if it changed one way, believe it or not, it can change in other ways too. And that leads us to to this I think very encouraging headline. The web had failed to serve humanity. Tim Berners-Lee was crushed when Russia used Facebook to meddle in US elections. Says he was devastated and he is working on a platform named Solid to re-decentralize the internet and take power away from monopolies like Google and Facebook. So the guy who gave us the World Wide Web is now stepping back in and saying, okay, yeah, we've gone too far in this direction. Let's see if we can't move it around in another direction. First off, what do you think, Stephen? Does the, does the, since you were skeptical about the title, do you think the web needs reopening? you think it's become too corporate, or you're okay with it the way it is? Well, I, I think that um, these corporations have provided services, or they wouldn't be as powerful as they are, right? I mean, uh, the reason, yeah, Stephen, the drug dealers make you feel good, or you, they would never have made as much money as they did. Uh, okay, okay, There's, that's a fair point. There's a, not everything that these guys do is awesome, but yeah. if Google Docs wasn't great, you know, or, or wasn't at least good enough, right, to to allow me to collaborate with people in various places, things like that, then I would never have adopted it. If eBay didn't allow me to look and see, hey, this. Okay, this guy's got like one positive review out of 10. Uh, I don't think I'm going to trust him with my mind. You know, these things are successful, um, and, you know, and a lot of the things I'm talking about began in the 90s, right? If these things, if they hadn't uh, done thing, a lot of things right, then they wouldn't be as successful as they are is what I'm trying to say. So I'm thinking, yeah, uh, these criticisms are exactly valid, but uh, at the same time, um, maybe when we uh, reopen the Internet, right, we perhaps use some of the ideas that these, uh, these big interests have, uh, have shown us, you know, and maybe we, uh, maybe we do a Google Docs that's not searchable by, 
<laughs> by an ad company, right? Uh, maybe we do other things a little differently, peer to peer. Yeah, but maybe some of the same things. Well, I think Google Docs is a really good example because hardly anybody is going to point to it and say, "See, the web's not decentralized anymore." Because it's a great collaborative tool. Things like things like Google Docs are wonderful, and we've been using it. You and I have been using it since it was rightly right before it was Google Docs. We've before been. it was owned by Google, exactly. It was glitchy and terrible, and it was still better than any other collaboration tool we had at the time. And so, yeah. We, well, remember sending Word documents back and forth between people? Huh? How yeah. fun was that? It's like, oh, which version? Uh, which version? It's like Google Docs. This version, right? The one we've been looking at and working on. It's 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 a fantastic productivity tool, collaboration tool, sharing tool. And it's the kind of thing the web was is precisely supposed to do, and we love it. But to your point, it's also part of this information-sucking, life-peering-at, trying-to-sell-you-crap <laughs> behemoth that is Google, right? I mean, Google right. is this wonderful thing, but it's also this intrusive, looking-over-your-shoulder, always-putting-something-in-your-face thing, right? And so you say, well, which is Google? Is it the search engine that I use all the time? Is it the YouTube that, that we're on right now, right, that everyone's listening to? Is it these wonderful things? Is it these bad things? Well, it's both, right? It's, it's, it's not that these things became hugely successful because they weren't doing anything for people. They became hugely successful because they were doing something for, for people, which was, which was your point that I, that, that I glibly turned into an analogy to drug dealers. But there's something to that. Right? I mean, there's right. both the point I was making and uh, your counterpoint has, uh, has merit, I think. Uh, well, uh, the, so. the thing is, the drug dealer doesn't really care about your high and certainly doesn't care about the quality of your life. To a certain extent, the big Internet giants only care about the utility to the extent that it's making them bigger and more powerful, right? That's the, that's the trick. And you come back to these entities as companies versus the people who run them as individuals. And we kind of got into that a little bit on the show on Monday. I think there's a lot of vision with a lot of people at Google. And Google originally had a great vision. And Google may not even be the worst, the, the, the worst offender in, in this respect. But let's talk for a minute about what, what a less Googly, less... Netflix-ish, less Amazon internet might look like, right? How does that even, how does that even come about? Tim Berners-Lee thinks he wants to serve humanity by taking those kinds of entities down a notch in terms of the power that they have over the internet. Is there technology that will enable that that's on the horizon, for one thing? There's an article that came out in March of this year, Phil, uh, from Wired. The decentralized Internet is here with some glitches is the name of the article. And they, one of the first things mentioned was an alternative to Google Docs called Graphite Docs. And uh, what we're talking about here is a decentralized, you know, it's still, you're still able to get the same level of uh, collaboration. You can share documents and everything, but there's no central server. This is peer-to-peer -peer stuff that has much in common with blockchain and peer-to-peer -peer, uh, type technologies, and it's completely open source. So there's nobody that's, uh, that's sucking away your, your data in order to target ads at you or something like that. There's, there's, this is just completely private, and it's encrypted, this particular thing is, so that the, and the keys to open it never leave your particular computer. 
hmm. while uh, while it is you know pieces of your document might be shared here and there it's all encrypted and nobody can get to it unless you intentionally share it with someone and basically saying yeah this this graphite docs and other things like it there's a term for them a larger term called D apps and that's that's capital D capital A P P S is the term that is being floated right now to describe this. And I think that's just for decentralized apps. He's saying a lot of these things are glitch-ridden, still working through some problems, but it will allow people to regain some control over this stuff. And so this particular author is uh, suggesting, hey, maybe we uh, maybe we push in these directions and, and, and give some of these solutions a try. It'd sort of be stepping back to our rightly days a little bit, you know, uh, glitchy and everything else, but it may, you know, maybe it's worth the maybe it's worth the drop. Now, it's interesting. To what extent can you put up with something that's a little bit glitchy, a little bit rough? We, we accepted right. things rough back in the days when there weren't slick alternatives. And I, I wonder if we're ready for that again. But if people can stomach that, then this might, this might be positive in a couple of ways. For one thing, you, you might get the truly decentralized solutions that I think would be would, would be beneficial for people for a whole lot of reasons. And it also might inspire the big players to change how they're doing things, that they might have to respond right. to that, and they, and they might have to do things differently too. So there are technologies that can definitely support this kind of thing. Blockchain, I think you, you mentioned, just peer-to-peer, different open-source technologies. There's, there's a whole host of ways of doing things differently. In fact, there was a whole storyline on the last two seasons of Silicon Valley. Obviously, it's a sitcom. It's a funny show, but they were seriously working on this kind of solution. That's been their big driver is they're going to they're gonna provide this new open, open source internet where basically the, this new internet is built on the back of everyone's smartphone. The smartphones have become, have become the new internet and they're sharing things basically in this kind of blockchain peer-to-peer way and this may be the big killer app for blockchain. I've expressed a certain amount of skepticism about whether crypto is getting us anywhere other than making people who tout crypto rich right now, right? Whether, those, whether, whether cryptocurrencies are, are really doing anything other than being a lot of hype. But the technology that underpins it, blockchain, that might actually get us somewhere. These uh, cryptocurrencies I have my doubts about as well. In order to mine the, these Bitcoins and, and other cryptocurrencies, you need computers that can, um, that can solve these really difficult math problems. So you end up uh, in running things that the amount of electricity needed to support an economy like that is, uh, is, is ridiculous. So it just doesn't work. Uh, but maybe, maybe some of the things that we learn along the way Will will power the next wave of these D apps that we're talking that uh, are mentioned in this article. And, and it's fun to consider if if we get that going, what's it look like? What how do we how do we use the internet? And I think the answer to that is we use it a lot like we used to, and that maybe using it will be in some ways similar to what it. In the days before um, actual blogging took place, I, I almost had a, it was a proto blog. Bill, where I literally would do the HTML code. Yep, and I, I yep. think you did some of that stuff too. This was in the 90s. It was the Wild West of Internet. You didn't have a lot of people with services that were offering. offering. So you just kind of, if you wanted to do something on the Internet, you just had to kind of figure out a way to do it. To some extent, I guess it's, it's back to the future, isn't it? 
In some ways, I think it will be. It won't look as rough and ugly as it did then, and we'll have capabilities far beyond what we had back in those days. But yeah, I was I was thinking about when social yeah, we media got the really four pay guys that serve as a model. <laughs> Here's what we want. We don't, we don't want to do it through these guys anymore. We do, but we we do want they what what they have to offer. Well, the the thing is when when Facebook really took off, it killed the blogosphere to a large extent. I mean, actually, there's still a lot of blogs out there, but you don't experience blogs the way you used to. You find links to blogs through Twitter, Facebook, and and some and some of the others, right? That right. That, that this layer got added that totally enriched Facebook. And obviously it did other things too, and it helped us all in a lot of ways. And it did. Uh, we're not going to go down the whole, you know, is social media a good thing or a bad thing arg- argument again because we've already talked about it. But it killed the blogosphere as it existed. And, you know, blogosphere, when it came along, it kind of killed the whole GeoCities approach to, hey, I'm going to build a website. Right, I'm going to because right before that, people were cobbling together these websites, and probably GeoCities killed something that came before it killed Usenet. So there's an evolutionary thing that has to happen, but we're losing some of the quality, some of the properties at each stage, and maybe we regain some of those, and then maybe we end up with an experience that's just completely different from anything we've seen before. Maybe in some ways it will be like the original blogosphere, but maybe it will be almost kind of hard to picture right now just because we're so yeah. used now to having these intermediary layers because I, I think about questions like, well, what will it be like if we can just watch movies, but there's not a Netflix interface, right? It's just, we have access to that content and we can use it. We can use it any, any way we want to, you know, we can buy and sell things. Well, there's illegal solutions. There are Ill- illegal solutions, but uh, obviously you mean, I mean legal, legal ways are, of doing that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Where, where there's not want. this, you want to, you want to decentralize Netflix where the content providers are happy and and, and we as consumers uh, are happy as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and maybe Netflix provides it, but it's no longer you're dealing with this big ent- entity called them. It's just that's part of what is your experience online that you're that you're that you're getting that content that you want, and you feel less like you're dealing with some big player and more like you've just created your own space and you're interacting with other people who have their own space. It's interesting to imagine that. Those are the two that come to mind that that really give me pause. I think, could we have media consumption at the level we have today without a Netflix or an Amazon or something like there? Could we be buying and selling things? Could the whole consumerist approach to the Internet exist without Amazon or Alibaba or something like that, without those players there? And if you start to picture, there might be ways that we could have that functionality, but without those big corporate giant massive company sitting on top of it then you have there's, a, really there's a runaway leader problem in this though the network's value is in the number of nodes that connects right so anyone that's going to pull out the next facebook uh, for example they are at a huge disadvantage because freebook bill unless you and i uh, launch a new service freebook uh, that's going to be completely decentralized peer-to-peer Nobody's throwing ads at you. It's just so you can share photos of your pet cat. It's going to be great. No, no commercial entity involved. Here's the problem. The, the value of our network is just, so far, it just has two nodes, me and you. How are you going to get people to sign on to that, right? I mean, we're great and all. Speaks for you know, itself, so, Stephen. I don't even yeah, exactly. Question, I, he's just not quite grasping what the problem with this is. Huh? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you know, it does, it's, not the, uh, it's not the service that you can log into and reconnect with a friends the way you could with Facebook. I think that's right. The the, the answer is that it won't be 
just a solution. There's not going to be a Facebook killer on its own. There, there's there's going to be, it's like, to use the computer analogy, we're going to have to take it all the way back to the operating system level where the whole environment is replaced. And it's replaced because, for whatever reason, people say, well, this new way of doing it that throws all that other stuff away and gives me these new ways of doing it is better. And maybe not just because it's morally better or we feel safer or something like that, but, there, but it provides new benefits that we weren't expecting and lets us do things that we couldn't do before. Because people will go to something new if there's enough in it for them. Right. That's, the, right. That's, that's the key. But it'll be a big shift. It'll be as big a shift in some ways as going to the internet to begin with. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to stay tuned. Is, is Tim Berners-Lee going to introduce something so compelling that people will actually give up their Facebook and their Netflix and their Amazon in favor of... In, in, the, in the alternative, one of these big players does something so horrible that everybody's scared away from them. And uh, yeah. we adopt these glitchy uh, solutions because we just can't we can't we can't stomach uh, these people anymore. It could right. you know it could be one of the one of those two things. We're either chased away from them or we uh, we slowly uh, drift to other decentralized solutions because they have something new to offer. It could be a combination of the two. Those are those are both options. Yeah. Or five years from now, we should set a marker of some kind and rediscuss this. Have we become less centralized or? Have we just doubled down and we've become even more centralized? This is one definitely to check in on, and we'll talk about it between now and five years from now. But it'd be interesting to kind of take a snapshot. We'll just remember this date, right? Where yeah. we were the eleventh of, yeah, yeah. of July, and uh, let's let's see what things are like in twenty twenty eight, right? Maybe check in in ten years and see how decentralized the web has become. All right. Well, we will check back in on it. Before that, we've got our Friday show to do. And Stephen, we're going to talk a little geeky stuff. I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> Always. The geeky stuff with purpose. Absolutely. Well, it's been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. Mm-hmm.